0: Hello, welcome to the Roll Together podcast. Thank you for joining us for these podcast versions of our streamed shows from Twitch. You can always find our schedule of upcoming shows at twitch.tv forward slash Roll Together RPG forward slash schedule. Please do leave a review and we look forward to adventuring together. Hello there,
1: everyone, and welcome to Talking is a Free... This is our weekly show where we peruse and select some of the most interesting people of the Material Plane, and then put them through a set of challenge rooms and questions to find out a little bit more about them and the world that they live in. Yes. Why, you may ask? I have no idea. (laughs) It definitely doesn't have anything to do with any sort of invasion of any higher beings or anything, I swear. I swear. I swear. Yes. Anyway. Anyway, I am the Playmaker. And I am one of the newly, yes, newly appointed question masters. You know, one of your resident benevolent inquisitors. And this place that we are in at a minute is my parlor of candle. See? See what I did there? Yes. No? Yeah. Anyway, now you may have noticed that I'm not alone. That is because I have been through the material plane and found this wonderful creature here, and have brought them here for some fun and games. Now just so the audience knows. What is your name, dearie? Which one are we going for?
0: (laughs) Mine mine or
1: Brian's. Um,
0: I'll start with me. I'm Michael, and I'm coming in with Brian. Right,
1: Right, yes. Whenever
0: you're watching or listening. Mm
1: -hmm. Now, it is also my understanding that Brian is connected to other characters in the material plane, as well as the higher being who has also introduced themselves known as Mike, he calls the real... wow wow yes, I said that, uh, Their Home. It is a very funny name to call your world, yes. Anyway, it is my hope that we have... Uh, that we are able to extract information from Brian, as well as Mike, now. Brian, are you ready to play?
0: Well, let's do this.
1: Good, but <laughs> before we do that, uh, we have some amazing sponsors that we must thank. We have to get all of the uh, dot, dot the i's and cross the t's, as it were. Um, the sponsors that we have are the entities known as Hero Forge, Ultra Pro, Phoenix Dice, and Alchemy RPG. And we also have a group of fantastic supporters in Idol Champions, Neverwinter, Edward Academy, and D&D Beyond. I should also mention our special fondness for our audience members known as the D20 Club. I'm going to put these down for the moment and do the heart we all do. Yes, the warlock has a problem with it, but we all do it. And if you'd like, you can join them by supporting us on Patreon for as little as one of your local currency. If you can't join us in the parlor of Candle or Live, you can always listen on your favorite podcasting app by searching for World Together RPG. And if you wanted to, you, to find us on any of the planes of social media, as terrible as some of them are, you can just search World Together RPG. Now, Brian you are in the parlour of candle as i've said multiple times already and for the next 55 minutes or so we shall be playing a game with this deck of 100 cards yes now it's a little bit different yes how does it work i hear you ask well if you look in your pocket right now you'll find that you have a d100 do you have that
0: uh yeah awesome that's weird yes i don't usually walk around with a d100
1: I'll uh, let, you, let you in on a little secret. I may or may not have had my little friend here sneak it into your pocket when you walked into my parlour. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm going to ask you to roll one of these D100, and that is going to choose the card from the deck. You will then take the card to the door over there, which you see has a very nice like cut out of uh, putting a card on there, and that will give you access to the next room where we will find out some juicy information about yourself, maybe you solve some puzzles, kill some creatures, maybe even walk into some traps, I don't know! We'll find out, won't we? <laughs> uh, however though, if you come across anything that you don't particularly want to deal with, you can always skip it by saying talking is a free action, and we'll get a chance to ask this mic some questions as well. Once the 55 minutes are up, you'll be safe and taken to the exact moment I took you from, and you'll have no memory of any of this this happening. So, yes, it's good, isn't it? Is there anything that you'd like to say before we begin our game? Do you have any pickles? Oddly enough, I do actually have some pickles. And a little bit of a description of what the parlor of Candor looks like. As you walk through the door, the door has one of those strange glass bits on the front with a sign that has unreadable writing on it. And there are a set of tables laid out within this parlor. And there is a counter, a glass counter, and inside it, there are what look to be cards in uh, strange protective casings. And there's weapons on the wall. I will let you in on a little secret. The weapons I, were a gift from the Forge Master. Uh, very, very good at what they do. So, fantastic. Anyway, and then we have a couple of gaming tables around. Uh, this is like your... Uh, Your uh, geek retreat or nerd shop, as it were. Anyway, and there is a jar of pickles on the counter, so if you'd like to help yourself to a pickle, you're more than welcome to. In fact, uh, pull the pickles over and I'll hand you one now.
0: I will take the pickles, just give me the jar. Let's let's not mess them
1: up. Fine, you can take the jar. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Now, would you like to roll me a D100 and we'll see which card you draw? We have a 68. 68. Now, let me just… I do that because I'm good at the Anyway, that pulls this card out here. And what we have is… Oh! The picture on the card shows a room, a very dimly lit room. It's a sort of like a corridor. If you'd like to take that and go place that on the door for me, please. She walks over um, Giddily and will slot it in. As you slot it in, the door itself has an almost purple magical aura that goes through it and it creaks open and you are able to enter in. Now, as the card suggested, you have walked into what looks to be a very poorly lit corridor. The surface of the floor that you are currently walking on is very uneven. There's cracks and small holes that lead into some sort of a void, but it's not enough for you to fall through, however. And you are able to carry on. It's very dark in here. You can't quite see to the end of the tunnels, uh, at the end of the, this corridor, so you can't see the door. But you're going to have to do a little bit of walking. Uh, how do you wish to proceed? Well.
0: Although she doesn't use, often <laughs> use her skills, um, Brian is a rogue, so she's going to sort of, um, if the walls—did you say there were walls? On there were walls. Side? Yes, yes, yeah. uh, sir. Yes.
1: Um,
0: she probably. She. Um, it's very in theme for her to basically just avoid the floor. Um, but I will start with what every good road should do: is make an investigation check to check for someone on the floor yes. or any do loose loose ones that may take her into the void. Um, do, 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 do
1: That is a dirty twenty. Dirty twenty. Oh ah, well, as you have a little look around, you can see that there are plenty of places on the floor that you could potentially trip. Uh, there's not... Does, nothing looks loose, so it doesn't look like you're going to fall through into the void below or anything like that, but there's definitely tripping as it's around. There doesn't seem to be any of those plate-type things that you would find in certain places that they activate some sort of a trap. You definitely don't see anything like that.
0: Awesome. Um, Dexterously, she'll skip across... Sort of, like, where she's identified the biggest areas are without any gaps, she will sort of, like, hop across to the the end of the corridor, or sort of room as such.
1: And as you hop, skip, hop, skip, and jump across the floors, every now and then you do happen to bump into the walls, have to Mm -hmm. skirt along it a little bit to avoid a particular area that might trip on. You do find that the wall itself is particularly slimy some might even say I, I can't believe i'm going to say it but if i don't the pop it might have a go at me moist yes i know that sends a shiver down my back as well yes. my little friend's <laughs> tail here is going really weird because of that word anyway you, okay. as you carry on going and you're dark do you have dark vision i do I do. You can see 60 feet ahead of you in various shades of grey. Fifty shades, some might say. But anyway, you carry on going and you're travelling for about a minute until you start hearing some very ominous slurping noises ahead of you. Do
0: I need to look up? Or do I want to look up?
1: Uh, you can look up. There's just a ceiling in front of you. That In front of you? It's above you! <laughs> no, there is just a ceiling above you. Uh, directly in front of you, though, as you have been on traveling further, just coming into your 60-foot of vision that you have in the darkness, you begin to see a blue light. bluish green light, like a cyan-teal type of color. That's so many different colors, they're all at once. And the slurping noises get louder, and then the vision of what is in front of you begins to fade and become blurry. And then you can see what looks to be a floating skeleton in the middle of what looks to be some sort of liquid in front of you. For anybody who doesn't know. In fact, I'll get you to roll an investigation check. Let's, oh. let's see if you know what this is.
0: I, I know mean, about You can take a guess if you'd slime. like as
1: well. <laughs> um,
0: I'm assuming it's some kind of slime or... Uh, that's a 14
1: 14. you can see uh, judging by the slurping noise and sizzling sound of maybe some sort of acid coming from this thing it is probably a gelatinous cube and it is completely blocking Day your path of what do you do to get past it it is very slowly moving towards you is there any
0: space between the sides or above it or does it basically encompass the entire
1: it looks like it encompasses the entire corridor. However, there's probably a few inches of gaps on either side of it, so it is able to move. Part of the wall is slimy on one side, not slimy on the other side. You would have noticed that as you travelled through. It, it looks like it was on a trajectory moving away from you, but it seems to have stopped and is now coming back towards you. Like it Adomus it's like a... Going back and forth. Yes, like it's on some sort of patrol or on a general walk, trying to lose, you know, some of that gelatinous part of it.
0: Now, these small holes that lead into sort of nothingness on the floor. Yes. Um, how wide are some of them? Are any of them squeezable? If Ooh. one would potentially squeeze through and hang from underneath and just
1: scutter across to either side of the cube. Very interesting, yes. Well, I would say that the, the biggest one that you've probably found is probably just under, just under a foot. Just under That's a foot?
0: It's probably the
1: biggest one. Not, no. not, not quite big enough for you to fall through, though. No, but
0: squeeze
1: through? You could potentially squeeze through. How, how big are you? Um, Brian
0: is relatively little. Um, she's a small, sort of, 20-year-old sea elf. So... The, she's very lean as a rogue. Um Could I... I have many a dagger. Could I loosen a couple more off create a bigger space? Would I have mm. enough
1: time to do that? Certainly could, yes. You give that a go. It's, um, why don't we make that a... You now, I tell you what, for the fun of it, let's make it a sleight-of-hand check. Oh, I'm horrific at this. <laughs> as a rogue, you're horrific at <laughs> sleight-of-hand. I suppose you uh, kind, must have. It keeps you on the edge, <laughs> you must uh, have but with tibers. a terrible roll—that's a sixteen. Sixteen <laughs> now. This was more to establish how much you lift up, rather than mm. using brute strength. You're able to lift up enough for you to slip through, and you can dangle down into the void to get across. Uh, you would have to use the by like the other rivets and holes that yeah. are... Yeah,
0: that was sort of the idea. Um, try and basically rock climb. Which, although dexterous, I, I imagine you're going to call me out for that being particularly strength-worthy <laughs> as well.
1: It depends on how you'd like to go about um, it. Would you, would you like to do it acrobatically well, or athletically? It's completely up to you. It's your way of getting through the room. Well, that's
0: very kind she's very much so an acrobatic in fact that's um a huge part of her fighting style is jumping flying throwing herself from thing to thing um so it is very much so her like status quo so she'd sort of um do almost like monkey bars from one to the other um but if the gap gets too wide to be able to monkey bar she'd basically like swing her feet lodge her foot in and then like swing again to the next side that's, uh, um, that sounds brilliant that's i will just, have
1: you roll that, a- that uh, note. Uh, and you said athletics i meant acrobatics check please a
0: 22
1: 22 absolutely no problem at all you are able to swing across there are a couple of instances where you have a slight gap, a bit bigger than what your arm can reach. You do your whole foot, trick, swing, swing, glide. You do unavoidably have to put your hand into a hole, and you do feel the moistness of the gelatinous cube. So you will take two points of acid damage uh, as your hands touch in, but it's not enough to make you lose your grip. And you get past, and you can look through one of the one of the small holes, and you can see that the cube itself has now passed, and you can get yourself up through yep.
0: the you hole. Can loosen, loosen herself, um, and pull herself through, and yeah, glance across, and you
1: can see the door right in front of you. Yeah, she'll open the door. Um, Fantastic. Now, roll me. Let's. I I say that we shake things up a little bit here. Roll me a d100. Roll it twice. Let's draw two cards. Let's see. And then I'll let you pick which one. We
0: have... <clears throat> did that wrong? We have a 54.
1: 54? <laughs> a 55. Oh! Well, that's interesting. So, as I draw the cards, I have two of them here. Now, you get to pick. The first shows that of a very dark room with what looks to be a table and chair inside. The other shows a another particularly dark room, but there seems to be a variety of snake-like creatures. So, what would you like to go for?
0: I think I might need a little bit more time, so maybe we should take a free... Talk. Yeah. Have a moment. <laughs> talking in a free action. Uh, talking is a free action. There we go. Um, I tried to segue, but that backfired. You're all good.
1: Welcome bye, Mike!
0: Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? It would have been really awkward if you if I'd have just fallen and you're... Um, your First one was just like, so how do I not kill <laughs> character uh, on my very first
1: one? I think it, it would have <laughs> been the case of that, it, it would have been like a video game where you would have fallen <laughs> and then just respawned back at the beginning. All right, <laughs> like, let's try this again, shall we? <laughs> right, so I am trying to pick up a D100 because you know I'm clever and didn't do that beforehand, uh, this so that we can roll the dice for for a particular question we are going to ask. How are you finding Monsters of Maelstrom at the moment? Is it going good? I uh, it, There's nothing better than just like good old
0: swashbuckling beamed like, I, I don't know why, but I always picture um, it just being in like a tropical paradise on a pirate ship kind of vibe in my head. So it's just so fun to get into that, you know, being in that on a boat with um such a localized story because you're on a boat you're not disappearing off into woodland you're not disappearing down a road you're you're all together and that's it's just so fun it's I, nice because it's sorry. surprising how little that happens as well
1: in a campaign i also find as well when you do something that's either in a set place so like if your campaign's always set in in a particular town you know travel around much or yeah. if you're on a ship the NPCs are become more you become more attached to them a, a lot quicker Absolutely, and yeah. not only do you can you does it give you the option to explore your own backstories and stuff but you also can learn more about the NPCs that you're with and they almost become like characters so it's almost given the DM or the DMGM a chance to actually play with you rather than... Yeah, together yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to roll, going to roll some dice. Let's see what question we get. What are we going to talk? Yes, so I rolled a 23. Now, the 23 is... Ooh. Now, does Brian have any scars, would you say? Any scars? Yes, so the question is... How did your character get their get their worst scar? Now, you could answer that for Brian, or you could answer that for any of the other characters that you play. if you want to. Mm, I think...
0: potentially, like, just... she must do, because she literally, like, throws herself around. Um, this is a big part of her... the way she fights, is she never fights someone face to face. She always has to get the drop on them, or she has to be somewhere the least expected. Um, so she must have like face planted off something, or fallen into a shrubbery that she shouldn't have, or coral, or got caught
1: out at some point because the. the yeah, so she, I bet. I
0: bet instead of like more like pronounced specific scars, I bet she's just covered in like bumps and <laughs> and scratches all the time. Um. But even in her personality, she likes to sit on high places or hang off somewhere she shouldn't be, um, or hang over people off places they shouldn't. So, uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> that's fair enough. let I think no, that's. Yeah, it's always. It's always. Um, I like the idea of whenever you, like, take a significant amount of damage or a critical hit or something, mm-hmm. you gain some sort of a scar. I like the idea that healing magic heals you, but it doesn't fully remove um, a scarring and all that, you'd need like longer periods of healing for magic oh. to Remove that sort of stuff. I, I ran a game
0: where we um, we sort of wanted something really hardcore. Um, it was very much like a sort of Dark Souls esque universe where, and we decided to sort of make a short rest, a long rest, and a long rest would be a week. Um, and we also use like crit cards, and crit cards gave you like um, certain, you know, permanent damage. Um, some of them were horrific, like ruthless, like losing an arm or yeah. something like that, or losing your memory. And then others were a little bit more like tame, and most of them were tame. And then you had just like the unlucky chance. Um, and that made things super interesting playing off that, because if you got critted on horrifically, and then you had like seven seven days or a week to recover, um, it created some really interesting moments. Um, whether it was in the um, clerical church getting healed or stuff like that, it, it opened up this whole different world of um, RP between people because they were talking and it was almost like they were creating memories while they were still in the middle of the adventure where they'd be like, "Oh, do you remember when that, that got me or that got me good? Um, and it was hugely downtime orientated as well so it was more enjoyable to have seven days of long rest as such Um, because it wasn't just like oh you sleep for seven days Um, if you were horrifically injured enough yes you might sleep for those entire seven days oh yeah but um, yeah that was really cool like sort of leaning on that whole permanent injury thing Um, and those but yeah they were permanent unless you could truly find a way to try fix it through some kind
1: of high-level person, or I guess you
0: just don't have a hand for
1: a while. <laughs> Still, I've, I've played in a game, or I'm playing in a game, a home game at the moment, where the DM uses an injury table every time oh. every time a critical hit is scored against you. I uh, notice when you are taken down by a critical hit, so it's very, very niche as to when it happens. You take a critical wound, and the most, or critical wound, should I say, and the most common one that I get is some sort of internal bleeding. And um, the effect of internal weeding is at the start of your turn you make a Constitution saving throw and if you pass it the turns normal. If you fail it you lose your turn. It's like... Ooh, yeah, that's like, oh, yes, that's ruthless. I think I prefer to be stunning strike. Yeah, and, like, and
0: I, I find that just is like ah.
1: And it's like, and I, I'm the healer, so that's even worse. Yeah, that is ruthless. Anyway, should we roll a, another question? Would you like to go back in?
0: Let's. Should we smash one more and then let's go and see if I can
1: 17. get through, get through another one. So that is a twenty-two. So not far off of what we already had, but luckily it's a different question. What is and now this is a choice a character choice that you would like to make? Uh, what is your character's morning routine?
0: Well, I really leaned on this Pickles joke, but, um, no. Nah. uh, she's most definitely an early riser, she likes to go get herself somewhere, um, and probably returning back to the water quite a lot, um, Brian is a sea elf after all, and being on the ship is, I guess, slightly unnatural in a certain way to be sleeping outside of home, but if, um, she slept in the water, her home would disappear. Um, so probably like morning swim, classic sort of get up and then after a swim it'd be coffee and rum and all of the other things plus pickles, of course. Not to let anybody down.
1: Now, is the ship that you're currently living on, is that a permanent residence or is that just like for the time being sort of, until you get to where you need to go? Uh, for,
0: I guess in a way it's permanent um, for her. Um, it, it's clearly in... Her mind going to come to an end. Um, she's like acutely aware of that, but she's been, she'll have been on a ship a while now and intending on um, staying on it. it. As long as that ship stays on the water, if it ends up docking for quite a while, she would probably move on. Um, she She's left quite a very, very strict life from before. She It was very like hermited in a sense of the entire village were very much like, oh no, you don't speak to outside peoples. Oh, you don't like those outside people? No, no, no. Sort of like very much localized. The village was the village. The people in the village. You yeah. stay in the village. You um uh, very Moana of in a way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you, you know, everything we need is here. You don't need to interact with anybody outside of the world. So she did the total opposite, like anybody who's completely restricted um, does. You know, they. Go out, but the water is still her home, so she'd have to f- have somewhere. But the ship is currently giving her enough yep. to learn and see new things without, you know, totally separating herself from who she is and that life from before.
1: So I was going to say, you could ask the captain if you could have like a, a little, you know, you know, you get like shark cages and stuff, you could have like a little room attached to the the bottom of the <laughs> yeah. ship not, not too big just in case you're going to shallow water but just enough for you to <laughs> put a bed in and just sleep underwater
0: yeah now and then Um yeah but about that she's pretty damn straightforward like yep yeah, morning swim cup of coffee go find um someone to irritate for a little bit so that's
1: right now right so let us go back in and decide which room we're going to go into next shall we Um we go back in
0: I think...
1: Snakes. (laughs) Oh, you'd like to go into the room with the snakes, would you?
0: Yeah, because that sounds like the worst idea, so that clearly is probably the best
1: idea. It does sound like one of the worst ideas, doesn't it? Right, well, let's do it then, shall we? So you walk into the room. It is, as I said, it is a very, very dark room. Now, you can't see anything currently. You can hear the hissing, you can hear hissing sounds all around you. It's not coming from any particularly localized area. The room is in eternal darkness. What would you like to do? Oh, uh, you have sixty feet of dark vision, so I'll say there. You can see the floor around you. It looks uh, relatively solid, maybe made out of some sort of stone or wood.
0: And <clears throat> my goal is still just to get to the other
1: side. Yes. Well, at least you need to find the door. You can't see the door at the moment. Um,
0: Well, I've never been on one myself, but I was always told in Dungeons, you start left and then you keep going left until you can't go left anymore. And then you turn around and you keep going left. So I guess I will scoot to the left um, and sort of use the wall as a guide and just keep going
1: (laughs) and follow it. You begin walking left, and you walk not very far, probably 60, 70 feet, uh, until you reach a wall. Uh, and on the wall, or just in front of the wall, sort of attached to it, you can see that there is uh, some sort of a statue stood there. It's very grayed, almost looks uh, like a very light gray few little cracks in it, and you can see that they are uh, half in a position of horror. Oh, basilisks. Uh...
0: Have I got anything in... I have a back... Mm. I don't... I'm gonna get a rub- little, like, rag out and pull out one of my my main dagger, my, um... And then I'm going to quickly, like, breathe on it, polish, and then I'm gonna to attempt to use that to carry on looking and basically don't look at anything apart from looking through it with the reflection of the dagger. If I can, but I'm… Pro- if it's pitch black, I don't know if there is a reflection that I can use.
1: I mean, you can definitely see yourself off of it, um, you could you walk a few more feet in front of you and you can see that there looks to be some sort of a mirror there. It's one of those Ooh. circular mirrors that's on like a twisty... You can twist it and move it around and it's mm. a, a little bit of a reflection on there. Does it look like it'd lift if I could pull it off? It, it's quite a large mirror. It's probably the, probably the size of your torso and you do see next to it that there is a... A torch attached to the wall on a okay. some sort of like a weevil type thing. Weevil. I don't know if that's the right word for it. That's the word I'm going to use, though. Um, so if I
0: can use the torch and the mirror to twist it and bounce the light off the mirror to sort of see into different parts of the room to yes. see if I can kind of track where the door might be.
1: Yep, yeah, you can do that. You, you'll need to light the torch first, of
0: course. We'll oh. Have... Um... Are there any, like, rocks or pebbles on the floor or anything like that? You definitely can find some loose loose bits of pebbles on the floor if you'd like to, yes? I'll take the dagger and the rock and crack it together to try and make a spark. Because I don't actually have flint and steel (laughs) or anything like
1: that. Okay, but yes, you do that. (laughs) Torch torch lights up and you're able to use the weevil, as we're now calling it, to pull it around into position and the light pulses off and is very focused a very focused light that you can see all the way to the end of the room where the mirror itself is pointing to and it was pointing directly or diagonally across the room you see there are a number of different pillars in this room just just in front of yourself and there are a few other statues in here as well still hear the sounds sort of hissing and just as oh. the just as the light hits the end wall, you can see what looks to be the shadow of something moving in front from that direction. You can, however, see that the door to the exit here is just to the left of the light.
0: Do I see any other mirrors?
1: There is a mirror right where your light has shined. You probably need to adjust your mirror probably uh, 90 degrees to the right and 45 degrees up in order to hit it. Yeah. But you can see that yeah. through the light.
0: I'll adjust it. Just um reflect off the next mirror.
1: You do that and it goes Wik-a-ping, 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 and it sort of lights up the entire room. Almost very like Tomb raider style, you know. It's mm. treasure hunters and all that sort of stuff. And it, it illuminates this entire room and you can see that you are in a long corridor-esque style room almost like uh, like a, a throne room as it were on the opposite end the way that you came in you can see that there is a staircase that leads up to a throne and on said throne there is a statue of some um, ruler of some sort and there are statues littered in various different locations around the room mm. but you can still hear the sounds of hissing and you can see a rather large creature beginning to make its way what would you like to do? Um, not
0: look directly at it would probably be a good start. That's, that's uh, really good. How close is the door? The door?
1: About 50 feet away from me. Um The creature itself is not in between you and the door. It is moving to try and get behind you.
0: Um, this might be super basic, but she's just going to like Penning action, like, boom, and just, like, bolt towards the door. Um, now, that's, like, that was her goal. Find a door. Found the door. Um, so that that gives me um, 90 foot of speed. That
1: is, so, that is very fast. Very, very yeah, fast. With, now, with the number of obstacles that there are around, I would ask for you to roll me an acrobatics check. This isn't going to determine whether you trip or not. It's just going to... See if anything t- stops you in your tracks or mm. anything like that, and I shall roll as well to see if the uh creature itself is able to catch and keep up.
0: That's a go.
1: 25 on that. I don't well, think I'm going to beat that <laughs> uh,
0: quick and agile.
1: <laughs> uh, with a 16, I'm not going to beat that. However, what that's happening is you sprint towards the door. You have to slide underneath some of the, in between some of the statue's legs, hop over some statues that have fallen over and crumbled into pieces, and as you have made this mad dash towards the door, you hear this loud hissing sound as this creature just jumps out from behind the throne and begins chasing after, knocking over the, the statues as it goes. But, not looking behind you because why would you do that? You charge straight towards the door, open it and fall through into a corridor. In a very dark corridor. You shut the door behind you and you hear something hit up against the wall. But you'd made it through the rather horrifying room. And I am stood right next to you. I, of course, wasn't present in the room because why would I do that? But, um... Did you find that alright? Was that okay? Um, how have you found your the game so far? It's it's been it's been fun. It's been interesting. I'm, I'm
0: it's f- been fun. It's been very beamed towards me. Generally, people do the thinking for me, so being able to just like launch myself at stuff and run is kind of handy.
1: Good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm as I said, I'm very new to this, and I want to make sure that I don't. Do anything to upset any the others. It kind of sucked if I'd have ended up a stone. It would, like, op, yes, but I mean that's what it's like if you were to go into a dungeon. I, I've heard I've heard particular things about um, about uh, the pockets in the Fey, and I really don't want to make them um, mad at me. Cause, wait, cause... that sort of stuff is in dungeons. I've never yes, you, yes, you could find that stuff in dungeons, vaults, tombs, all of that sort of stuff. I, I believe it depends on where you go. I reckon.
0: That's so cool. I've never been in one.
1: Well, I mean, that's definitely, definitely something you're going to have to experience at some point, I reckon. Anyway, shall we draw another card now? I'll give you the option. Would you like to draw one card? Or would you like to draw two and pick? I'm going to draw two, but then you pick. Ooh, I like that. Well, I'll still let you roll the dice, however, though. So, on the first. Oh, a 55 again. Oh i let what you roll odds? that again.
0: Yeah, what are the odds of that? Um a well um twenty-nine or a
1: fourteen. Twenty-nine or a fourteen. Right, well, as you've allowed me to pick, I'm not gonna tell you what's on the cards. I'm just going to let my little friend here take the card and go put it in the door. You see as a, a rather, almost uh translucently radiant mouse will run over, grab the card from my hand and put it into the door. And as the door itself opens and the mouse re-enters my shirt, you walk through. Now, please, Ryan, can you tell me, are you familiar with the city known as Waterdeep
0: uh, I feel like she'll have docked there once or twice, but never spent more than a day
1: there. You walk through the door, and you find that you are in a very wide open space. Uh, the familiar dockland dock area of Waterdeep is present around you. You can hear the sounds of screaming and shouting coming from... Just off of the key area and where the marketplace and all that sort of stuff would be. And you can see what looks to be a rather large and very naked statue seems to be rampaging around the dockyard, picking up swords and throwing them, picking up fish and chucking them back into the sea. Uh, the people are running around in absolute fear. Parts of the city itself look like it's in complete utter ruins. There's fire everywhere. You are on your own. The only person around who seems to have any weapons on you. There doesn't seem to be any town or city guards anywhere. What would you like to do? It's more like it's actually hurting people. It is... It is... There are people who are getting hurt. There are stalls that are being thrown. The stools are either hitting into other carts and things and where people are on, or it's picking up carts and lobbing it with people mm. in them. Ships are being damaged. The ship that you have been travelling on has docked and is taken some damage from these things being thrown as well.
0: Um, how big? Um, remind me, is the uh, statue itself this so gargantuan,
1: foot? or it's about twelve foot? So it's you know, getting it's to the thick. gargantuan level.
0: I'd like to look around. Can I see any sort of, like, extensive fishing nets? Like, large ones. Or, like, a trawler ship or something like that. Oh! That's a natural 20 or
1: a 24. Well, a natural 20, yes. Well, it doesn't take you very long. In fact, your eyes instantly lock on to another ship that is docked next to the one that you've been travelling on. And you can see that there is this is one of those ships that goes out to sea with one of the very large nets and scoops up as many fish as it can you can see that the crane type system that it operates has the has a net up in so it's not in the water it hasn't been packed away looks like it's been sort of abandoned since when the attacks started but the net itself looks like it's partially broken uh, not the net itself, but the mechanism holding the net up is partially broken. The ship looks like it's taking some sort of damage, but you are—you would be able to grab that net if you wanted to.
0: Yeah, she'll run up. Is, does it look particularly heavy, or do you reckon I could
1: drag it myself? It looks like it's going to be quite heavy, yes. You would probably get away with dragging it, though, however.
0: Um, it. It may have role, but she'll basically try and, you know, try and sound like she knows what she's doing, even though she doesn't. Um, and basically be like, you, 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 help me now. Um, and basically just sort of do like this shock effect on some people to just be like, just help me. I, I know what I'm doing. Um, and then she'll run across and start pulling the net. And to hopefully people will start helping her pull the
1: net. You, you seem to be the first person that these people have bumped into since this attack started. There's taking some sort of a uh, authoritarian figure, you know, a leadership role, as it were. And as you begin shouting out orders, they see that how well-equipped you are and they begin following your orders. They begin grabbing the net itself and begin dragging it and they will put it, they will put and take it in position that you so wish.
0: So let's... Let's have Mike try and explain what Brian is going to try to do. Um, and then <laughs> you can figure out the rest. Um, she's going to try get the net and get everybody to, like, 3, two, 1, heave, throw the net over the 12-foot stone, um, um, thing, and basically everybody just pull it down to the ground in the net and basically peg it down rope it across and just pin it to the floor um because that seems like the most effective because i've got nothing to break it apart and i don't particularly think my little daggers are going to do much um to stop a stone um golem thing from doing what it's doing so yeah that's the plan um, fantastic basically rally all the villagers uh, well the townspeople to basically just take it into their own hands and pin it to the ground until someone bigger and stronger can
1: come and smash it to pieces. Yeah that sounds that sounds like a fantastic idea. Now let's let us see this roll me a D10 please.
0: This is how many people are willing to help.
1: <laughs> Maybe I'll take it six. That's six. cool. So yeah. you, you were able to hit six other people who have Begun helping you, and they all move into various positions to throw this net over this creature. The net is more than capable of covering over the statue itself, and as you throw it, it goes over the back of it. Now, I'd like you to make me a quick perception check, as you That's
0: are such. one of the people throwing it. 22. My roles
1: are stunning today, I'll take it, but not usually. <laughs> As this creature begins to... Uh, creature, I keep calling it a creature. It's a statue. As it begins throwing itself around and trying to get out of the net, you spot with your very keen perception on the back of its head there seems to be a ledge and a door on it.
0: <laughs> well, if we successfully pull it to the ground, I probably will have fairly easy access to that. Yes. Now, door.
1: unfortunately for yourself, because I know... You're not very good at this. This is going to be an athletic check. However, I will allow you to get a plus one for each person that is helping you, and you can do it uh, with advantage as well. Take okay. it.
0: So... Ooh, okay. So, we have got a 13 plus three, so 16. Throw a six on top.
1: 22. 22. That took me a lot longer to do it in my head than I thought it would.
0: <laughs> we both just went way in the next.
1: 22, right. Well, I mean, that's more than enough. The creature... But, I mean, I'm going to roll, but... I rolled a three. But so you pull. All of you pull. Some of you, as the creature begins to... Or the statue begins to crumple down, it goes to do the whole thing to try and get you all to go flying but as you all lift off of the ground there's some momentum that you get as hard as you can and the creature it's the statue's knees begin to crack and it just slides off and crashes to the floor unable to get back up because its legs are still stood in place broken at the knee level it is writhing around but you you could try and attempt to get through the door if you want to (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean I'm not going to make you roll for it Because you are you are very acrobatic You hop onto the back of the statue's head You put your hands through the net Open the door And as the door itself opens inwards Into the creature's head But you can see that it is a corridor on the other side But you slide You're able to get through the net in, And you go through the door You end up on your butt But you go through the door and you are, and you are now in Corridor. Now, at this point, I think it would be interesting for me to go. Sporking is a free action. <laughs> when... oh, I actually managed to like
0: successfully do these because I didn't have to use my like riddle brain or anything like that. So
1: <laughs> I got a bit distracted and excited. We haven't come across <laughs> any puzzles yet. Anyway. <laughs> Let us roll a dice to see what we get. And I drop one on the floor. That's not very clever. That's oh, a 34. Roll that dice. Ooh, okay, so what's an arc or adventure you'd love to explore in a campaign? I haven't had the chance to yet.
0: Is that as a player or the M?
1: Either. Let's say both. You, we've seen that you've DM'd Huxley's book club on the channel and, and you've been a player on quite a few things so is there anything in particular any arcs or anything that you'd love to DM or explore or anything that you'd like to play as as a player? Um there
0: is like there's a couple of like I mean there's just so many So, as a player I, I really would love to do the whole um the wizard from level one where you you start at level one and you the the theme is truly of like you know when someone's got true magic potential because like it's it uh, you see it now and then and um i think a lot of dms do an incredible job of really like making casters feel powerful but there is something I'd love to see where um you have to have a group of casters or something like that where the whole thing is like everybody's like oh what is running through their veins they are just like whether it's a a world where it's just like um low magic in the first place and you have some people you know where maybe the max level of wizards you have is f- f- fifth level wizards in your world um and so that it takes well depending on the dm takes a couple of months and already you're level 6, level 7 and more powerful than any other magic user in that world. I'd love to like play like a true...
1: Natural born caster type
0: thing. Yeah, um, and it's really like nailed down that you are something brand new and special and um, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be heroic but it could be that direction of like truly... um, something unique and interesting. I think that would be really cool. Um
1: you could definitely do that, like depending on the world that you're playing in and in the well, DM. The DM could do it in a sort of way where this is DM brain for me, just going off on one now where you're because you're such a natural caster of magic, you um you are integrated into the very fabric of the like of the world itself. So well, you could really play into that and, you know, gods of magic and all that, you're connected to them, connected to delay Lines, whatever the like, <laughs> magical system that the world uses. But yeah, that could, that's a very good way to help your DM, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, craft out the world mm-hmm. and add that extra law to it. I think that's really cool.
0: To be fair, and plus to to a DM, I think it's something I'd love to do awesome one because like how awesome would it be if you know i mean i'm a big believer in you write you find out who the characters are then you kind of write the story um and you write a lot of I'm, every game i'm sure has some like stunning ideas but i really like to take those ideas and tailor them into something that is very unique and special to a player yeah. um through the whether it's their backstory or and um, even a passing comment that they might make, and you go, that's really cool. That's going to come back you in the ass later. Um...
1: was <laughs> uh, well, like a passing comment of, I I am part of the boot club, perhaps. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and you just roll with it and say, I, I, that's really important to me as a DM. But I just think for someone, for a DM to make them and their character feel special and powerful and a hero, is is something just really cool to do. Like, it'd just be so fun to watch someone like Gleam as they can see this character develop into something um, incredibly cool and intriguing, um, and do that for five, six individual people.
1: It's probably, yeah, it's one of my favorite things about doing that sort of stuff. Anyway, shall we roll another question or shall we go back in and do another room? What are we feeling? I, I like chatting. <laughs> I do like chatting. <laughs> we'll go for another question then. Let's do that. Uh, that is a 17. I'm rolling really low on these guys today. Oh, okay. This is an interesting one. Uh, which DD monsters aren't supposed to be cute, but you always feel bad for fighting them because you find them cute regardless?
0: Mm. Goblins, every time. Mm like uh, i've never intentionally because i'm a big believer in the making a lot of like the monster some uh, certain humanoid monsters uh, i do love turning like making them into um societies and part of other societies in Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the worlds that i have so like bugbears hobgoblins um or goblinoids in general um other creatures but are semi-sentient I throw into a lot of my um, cities and I I've see I've a lot of people do that and I really enjoy that because it can create such a dynamic mm-hmm. um, but a friend of mine who's uh, who was like our forever DM for years and years and years and years um, he just had this like auto switch to when he was playing goblins mm-hmm. to play them just sort of like incredibly simplistic and stupid but because of the way he was, he sounded really cutesy when he voiced them. Because um, they are capable of talking, and um, a lot of them even do speak or have the capability of speaking different languages. Um, and so when he voiced them, he always voiced them speaking very simple English or um, simple words. And so I always just equate goblins to my friend DMing them, like voicing them, yeah. um, when we would interact with them. So I've yeah it's got a bit,
1: What about you? What What's the one that jumps out to you? One that jumps out to me is the Beholder. Oh yes. You, you see, Absolutely. like the minis of the Beholder. I think that's in my mind. That's the reason why they came up with the Death Tyrant. Is because the yeah. Beholder was seen as too much of a cute creature, <laughs> even though it looks menacing. But you see the the minis and stuff, and the some of the some of the pictures that you saw, and you think, oh, it's so cute. It's got horrible teeth and. Looks like he could bite your head off, oh yeah. <laughs> I think it's the big eye that does it. But yeah, that's definitely definitely one of them. Right. <laughs> I think we have got time for one one. Mm-hmm. And then we will have to wrap things up. So let's go back in, shall we? Now yes. Yes, 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 right. So um we're in this very dark and dank corridor at the moment. Um, shall we? Just one more room, shall we? Shall we do that? Yes, yes. Hopefully, hopefully it's not, well, um... What do I win? What do you win? You mm. win the ability to leave. And a self-sentiment of completion, which you'll forget as soon as you go back to where where I took you from. Are you, so are you nice.
0: looking for, like, tips or anything for your,
1: like, next person for whatever this is? I, yes, please, um... Work on the reward. Work on, work on the rewards. Okay, yes. I will definitely I definitely take that into consideration. I want to make sure that I do a good job. I, I, I look up to some of the other question masters, so um, I want to make sure I do a good job for them. Anyway, would you like to roll me a D100, please? Uh, we'll do just the D- one this time. D100. That is a... Ooh, 39. 39.
0: all right,
1: well... Oh, that's interesting, but it helps if uh, I was in, in the right place. Um, sorry, my cards just dropped on the floor. Let me just pick those up for you. Uh, don't worry, it's not 52 pick up. Don't worry about that. No, I'm okay. <laughs> I've got the cards that I want. I'm going to have a look at it. Oh, very interesting, yes. Uh, that's eighty-nine. you said yes? I'll let you put that in the door. as you walk through the door itself you find yourself in a 30 foot by 30 foot space with a very wooden floors and a large, very large gothic style window where moonlight is coming in and the moonlight itself reveals figures inside of this room and when I say figures I mean dolls uh, very childlike porcelain Style dolls, various different designs, and scariness to them. This is creepy. (laughs) It's it's very. There is a door on the other side of the room, which looks like it could be the exit. And as you walk in, you can hear the pitter patter of tiny, non-flesh-like feet going around the floor, and a childlike giggle that just goes. What would you like to do? Uh... Mm, perception
0: check. Let's see if I can spot the little scampering thing.
1: And it may roll me that perception check, as it were. Dirty 20? Dirty 20, right, well. I mean, there's definitely plenty of dolls in this room. As you happen to look down towards a large bundle of them that look to be sort of put in the corner of the room, you look at them, and you look at them for a little bit longer than you, you might normally do, and one of them just blinks at you and disappears from that pile. And oh. Then, oh. Now, would you please tell me what your AC is? Oh,
0: gosh. Uh, my AC
1: is only 16. I'd rather 17 on a dice. So you feel a prick in the back of your leg, and then all of a sudden, everything around you gets very, very small. And you look around, and for some reason you are now holding what looks to be a knitting needle in your hand. And as you look around, you can see that there is a rather tall figure stood right in front of you. The thing that scares you the most is the figure is you. And it is, your body is letting out the very same childlike laugh. That you heard. <laughs> gotcha. Um You're it and it and your body begins running around the room and trying to hide behind various dolls. Obviously, with the size of your body, even though you are quite small, but you're definitely not the size of these dolls, it's very hard for the body to hide. Oh, interesting.
0: Um, she will then immediately, and um, she's going to like launch herself into a corner, and I will stealth um, and attempt to just disappear because Brian knows how to play tick.
1: Oh, please, roll a stuff check. That's a 28. But, oh, <laughs> I don't even think I can see you. Where have you gone? <laughs> oh, no, you've blended in with the dolls perfectly. I, I mean, you could, some might say, some could say that you might be able to roll in between the different dolls, different, like, piles of dolls, and order you get to where this figure is. You can still hear it laughing. It's it's, it's attempting to hide, but it's failing miserably.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, as soon as I find
1: it, back. Hey, okay, if you'd like to make me an attack roll, please. I use your normal dex and everything, but it will be against your AC, because you're attacking yourself.
0: That makes sense. Uh, there's only a 14. Well, <laughs> or would so, they
1: have advantage if I'm stealthed? Yes, you would, yes, because they do not know where you are. And technically, they're covering their eyes up, so they're blind as well, so...
0: That was worse, ten.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, so you, you go to poke and you hit a piece of the armour that you wear and the needle doesn't quite pierce it enough to touch skin. The figure, your body, looks at you goes, and skips off on, on their hands and knees and goes round to another pile. Again, not hiding very well. Uh, you can make another stealth roll and attack roll if you like to see if uh, you're able to sneak up Absolutely, and attack them. Absolutely, because I feel like it's just gonna run away from me if I seventeen. Seventeen on stealth. Yes, okay. Mm-hmm. You and seem to be two, hiding very well. To prod. Uh 22. 22. So you do you stealth up. The Ooh. this time the creature does notice you and goes to move, but with your attack roll you're able to jab it right in the thigh area and you feel the pain hits you as you, your bodies swap back again. And the creep, this doll, this carrying a doll, pulls the needle out of your leg and goes, that was fun. Uh, do you want to play again? Um, sorry,
0: bedtime. And then, oh, well, oh. <laughs> again, because that's the easy oh. solution.
1: Come back, please. some point, I want to play again. Oh, it was just a game of take. Cool. See you! <laughs> Bye! Uh, and you just, as you go to walk out the door, you just watch as the Carrionet doll turns around to some of the others and goes, Anybody else want to play tag? No one? <laughs> uh, and you go through the door. And as you get through the door, you find yourself back in the parlor of oh <laughs> Yes. And I am stood behind the counter, shuffling my cards as I always do. And um, some of them away into cases and I think that is a good place for us to end it looks like we've come to the end of our time here Brian so I would like to thank everybody who's watching us at the moment for joining us for Talking is a Free Action Uh, you will find us every Friday at 6pm BST for either Talk Together or Talking is a Free Action you can also find us playing D anD D on Mondays and Tuesdays at six pm BST, where you can follow the adventures of people just like Brian. Uh, currently, we have our long-running campaign Fracture, which is running bi-weekly with Monsters of Maelstrom, monsters and Maelstrom. Sorry, on Mondays and on Tuesdays, uh, I believe we are digging into the archives and re-showing episodes of Seekers of Era that's the one (laughs) I was trying to think (laughs) which is a great
0: one you'll enjoy that one it's really good
1: Uh, all of these are streamed at twitch.tv forward slash Roll Together RPG the pods are available immediately after the stream to catch up or you can find all of our content on YouTube a few days later and don't forget you can also enjoy them as a podcast many thanks again to our D20 Club on Patreon and if you'd like to support us you can for as little as one of your local currencies per month Thank you also to all of our sponsors as we mentioned before. Now Brian, you may exit the parlor of Candor, and as you leave, the sign in the door flips to what you would assume would be the close sign and you can see the ancient question master proverb that says, always be classy at the table. Bye bye. <laughs>